Welcome, everybody, to the Men for Life podcast. My name is Andrew Jacoby, and I have my good friend and sponsor into the Catholic Church, Pete DeMaio, here with me in the studio. Hey, Pete, how are you doing today? I am amazing. Yeah, you're awesome, dude. Another day in, um, I was going to say paradise, but no, I got another day in Hollywood. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Well, Pete's going to start it. Today, we're going to, we have a Palm Sunday um, one week before. Uh, the big day for me, uh, so what we're going to do on the podcast today is do a little bit, kind of intro version two, sort of the, the second um, installation of the intro. Of, Wait, sh- sh- you're telling them already? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to give the <laughs> overview and then we'll do the prayers. Oh, so anyway, so we'll do that. So but first we'll start us off and Peter, people start us off in prayer as he always does so ably, and then we'll get into the episode. So Pete. Take it away. You got it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou amongst women, women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Mary, I would just ask that you would watch over all of us as we enter into this Palm Sunday weekend, and most importantly, this Holy Week. Um, Father Gil just reminded us at Mass this evening um, to really focus on um, on our areas of reconciliation and um, and repentance. Um, so well, I would just ask that you would watch over us uh, so we can reconcile and repent as we go into your son's holy week. And as always, we ask this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the and Son, the Son and, the holy and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's, that's great. So, Pete... Um, we, oh, one other thing we also have, speaking of fathers, we have our first uh, confirmed father going to come on to the podcast, uh, Mr. Father, Father uh, Beadricki will be, has, has confirmed, so we're looking forward to that in a future episode, and we had uh, Grace Longo that we just recorded, so that was a great young lady, uh, an amazing story, an amazing witness for Christ, an amazing witness for um uh, you young men out there, she's going to tell you exactly what it is that you need to be doing to be dealing with the women in, in your life. And she was an amazing, amazing uh, outstanding. guest. Yeah. yeah, and we have part two coming up. Yeah, so. we're going to do a longer episode with her. So, Grace, you did amazing, and we look forward to more. Um, to part two with uh, with Grace was was awesome. So, Pete, you had you had a sort of um, a vision for how this uh, the rest of this session would go, so maybe... I do, and I also spoke to Monsignor Brian Bransfield, um, he's going to be coming on with us awesome. after Easter, so hope, uh, look out for that episode coming up in a couple weeks. Um, but he's actually who I learned theology of the body from, and he is like he's so brilliant um, that he just loses you, you know, it, when he speaks. It's actually that homily that you want at church all the time, and he's you don't always get it. it. He's, he's the guy who de- <laughs> who delivers it, where it's just deep and it right. is on point, he's and you're like, "Wow, I just got something that I wasn't expecting." That's you know, great. Today. Yeah, I haven't met this guy. Is he? Does he work for the Theology of the Body Institute, or does he do work with them officially? Or he just teaches theology of the body as part of his no, catechesis. Yeah, coincidentally, um, I'm glad you just asked me that. Coincidentally, he did his doctorate in in um, Pope John Paul's Theology of the Body. Yeah. And then has written, you know, several books. Right. One of them is like, um, you, um, I think it's uh, the Divine Person, and you know, or right. um, I think it's, oh gosh, I forget the name, but it's um, something about, you know, our humanity and the divine, you know. Right. Right. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, but but he actually just came off. Um, so I was so happy to to reconnect with him. 
he just came off of of his role at the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and he was like the highest role that you can possibly have in there. Wow. I don't know what his title was, but but he just had gotten done serving that for six years. It was, you know, like the highest role you could serve as a non-bishop, uh, you know, for whatever that was. We'll, we'll clarify with him when he comes on. But Look and forward to that. That'd yeah, be a great episode. Fortunately, it's so nice that some of our um, our priests and our religious are on social media because it gives us an opportunity, you know, to connect with some of them on there, and and they're able to uh, to share, you know, some nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's how I found the faith through Bishop Barron on social media. If it wasn't for him, then I, I mean, he was, uh, that was all through social media. So that's what we're trying to do here too, is to put this out there um, in the social media and the podcast world so that um, the gospel message can be sent to wherever. And that's, I, I, I needed it. And so maybe there's some young man out there today that wants to hear yeah. uh, a message of Christ and of redemption and of, uh, of virtue and of course of a culture of life. So. Amen. 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 Because, I say to you. Yeah, Andrew. That was his vision. He said, "You know, this is um, this is where people are." And I think Pope Francis even said that. So, um, good job, Pope Francis. Well, they're not coming <laughs> to church, so we got to take the church to them, right? Yeah, they're not coming to church in the same exactly. The same and you and I understand that because as far removed as we were, it That's was. Right. You better come track me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm certainly not sitting in there. So please come and find me where i am so yeah so man if you can relate to that we we understand exactly exactly <laughs> right yeah it had to come to me that's something so interesting because somebody said that was one i forget who it was and i like to attribute ideas i get because most of them are not mine but somebody said that it's what's you, one of the things that's unique about christianity is that god came for us mostly it's religions where people going to god like god's up on god in christian religion actually took flesh and came looking for you and looking for me mm. comes down to earth say okay boys <laughs> and girls so that's kind of interesting and it's unique about the christian religion it is unique and you know what we won't have time to fully get into it but maybe a future episode we were uh, the boys and i were listening um for those of you who don't know we have seven children and our uh only seven pete we are sla <laughs> you're well, slacking we messed up we uh we didn't get married until we were 27 you know so we tried to tried to, to do our best um so slack seven yeah pathetic it's like half of a family <laughs> like, but you did beat the brady bunch we did we did sorry our... young men that's a reference to a show in pete and i's youth yes <laughs> <laughs> so we um where were we well i don't know you were you had a vision for the for the show oh and, uh, yeah we um yeah for this week what i'd really like to do honestly is i'd like to capture a moment in time here which i think is pretty unique and pretty special and we're not going to be able to um to be able to recapture this so um for you know any listeners that that didn't catch this yet andrew actually is not catholic and the way that we met is we were introduced and i was asked if i would be um you know this guy's sponsor um that he's becoming catholic and i said sure um, no problem. I'd love to. So Andrew and I meet and uh, we decided to hang out after mass and go grab a cup of coffee across the street from the Basilica here, St. Peter and Paul, the cathedral. And um, and then we grab our coffee and sit down and start talking. And immediately I didn't say this to Andrew, but immediately I'm thinking inside to myself. I just felt it inside. I was like, wow, this guy is like 
more Catholic than 90% of Catholics that I know, and he's not even Catholic yet. <laughs> and then after that, he just started talking to me about some other things, and I said, whoa, and he's going deep. There's things that he knows, you know, and... It was I, a long research project. It was not... <laughs> I didn't just... It wasn't just, oh, I'll go, you know, get baptized. <laughs> like, I was going to study a little bit before, do a little homework. Yeah. Because it's not exactly something that... Um, was in the cards, let's say, for for me. Um, so took a long time. Uh, took a, a bunch of decades and a lot of grace. But yeah, you're, as you said, I'm, it's coming to the end one week, and uh, the demons are on me. I'm being attacked. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of uh, demonic activity. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> They're pushing hard at the end, the very end. Um, so I would say I wanted so oh, yeah. Ahead, if you ahead. don't mind, let me ask you some questions. Sure, about, man. Go yeah, ahead. about go this ahead. because here you are in the middle of a spiritual journey. And for anyone who doesn't know, you know, I'm born and raised Catholic. I'm a, I'm what we would call a cradle Catholic. So for those of us who are cradle Catholics, you're just born into it. It's no big deal. You know, right. you get your, right. your you're baptized. You know, you yep. in second grade you get your nice little suit or whatever, yep. and the girls get all dressed up like it's wedding day. And you know, here we go, and you get your first holy communion, and we receive of our sacraments, no big deal. What I've noticed, and I think is fascinating, is when I meet adults who go through the Catholic um, RCIA program and become Catholic, they're usually just absolutely on fire because they're truly choosing it um, in their adult lives. And I, I love that. I absolutely love it. So, and I love meeting these people and talking to them and finding out about their journey. And, you know, and you and I have gotten to do that together. For those of you who don't know, Andrew, um, came into this kind of like mid midterm. <laughs> so Father Gill and Father Beadricki had him wait and said he wasn't ready yet and had him wait and go through a little bit more of this process and discern. So he's basically is it is it two years, Andrew? Basically two years. It's almost two years almost a full two years. Yeah. yeah. So and I've been along this road and journey with him um in the beginning where where he had to wait from, you know, all the way through last spring and summer just simply to start the classes in September, which was interesting. And uh, they tasked me with making sure he didn't fall off. Uh, and I was like, oh, no, this is easy. This is like, the you know, this guy's all in. <laughs> so what I wanted to. So so with that in mind is that here, Andrew is running this Men for Life podcast Um we're with, jointly running it. Jointly running. I it. wouldn't have done it if it wasn't with you, man. This <laughs> was it. Peter and Andrew, the band has to be back together. The band. Well, that couldn't be a solo show. No. It's not a solo show. First two apostles for any of you who aren't aware. <laughs> the reference. Yeah. I um I I think it's really, really outstanding that Andrew's on this journey. And if if you don't know, back in the early um early Christian history. There was a waiting period to become Christian. I think you had mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, three years is supposed to be the cat. The old catechesis was, or the 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 period was three years, I believe. Father Gill said. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who like Father Mike Schmitz, uh, shout out to Father Mike Schmitz and Jeff Caven's Bible in a Year, number one podcast in the entire world. <laughs> for those of you who love Father Mike Schmitz, he has a great. Um, a great uh, teaching talk about that, and and it was it was three years because they believe that in order to truly become Christian and follow Jesus Christ, it had to cost you something. So if you weren't willing to put that type of initiation in the three year waiting period, you know, to to actually choose to be a follower and then follow him indeed, not just word, 
there's no way you're going to make it for a lifetime. Hence, you know, hence yeah. the three years. So Andrew's kind of had that. <laughs> and here we are, and we're one week out. So, so, so like I said, for cradle Catholics, sometimes, you know, we take our Lent for granted and we take, um, we take, um, I think it might even be uh, either an Italian. I think the Italian meaning for quarantine is actually 40 days. Wow. Yeah. So we take this 40 day or roughly 40 day period leading up to, you know, to um, Christ's crucifixion and resurrection and all. We kind of take it for granted, some, you know, in some cases as existing Catholics. For you, it's a little bit different this year. So I wanted to find out, you know, having not been born and raised with this and then having experienced this last year, but not with the anticipation of actually receiving your Having sacraments. Happen, yeah. yeah, exactly. So here you are now, you're one week out and it's actually it's it's going to happen. I mean, you're so God willing. Yeah. So tell me, like what's going like what's going on inside of you right now internally in your mind and your heart? It's a great question. Um I would say the last period has been the toughest part of this whole thing so far because I, I don't know what it is, but there has been a lot of demonic activity I, I don't know what else to say about it there's a lot like all of a sudden hey you really gonna do this you know is this really what you're gonna do come on now like this, you're getting this is real now this is not just theoretical baptism you're really gonna get baptized you're gonna go up in front of everybody and it's really gonna happen and it's really odd because I've been going up when I get near to the um, to the altar and I get I, I start to have like panic attacks. I start to get dizzy. It's really strange. Like when when the that day when Archbishop put us in the book of the elect, I thought I was going to pass out. It was really strange. And I don't have that experience. I, mean, I used to when I was younger, but I don't really have that experience anymore. And so from an affective meaning emotional perspective, it's been it's been oddly more difficult. I thought it would be such much more joyous. It's actually been it's actually been rather difficult because as you said, it's becoming real. Like, okay, I'm if I'm going to commit to this and commit my life to this, then it's gonna require post baptism and even now, but it makes it baptism makes it real in a way that it's I guess it's that I'm that I'm really not the old man that I was before. I'm a new creature in Christ. It's like your favorite Galatians line. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And in order for that to happen, there has to be a dying. And I was, I, as we talked about a little bit last week, I mean, I was lost in the world for so many years and got addicted to so many things in the world. You know, the like what, what the four that Aquinas, a power, pleasure, honor, and wealth, addicted to all of them. And as much as I want to repudiate these false gods and these false idols, they have a they still have a hold on me a little bit, right? There's some still there that I'm not, you know, I'm not white as snow and 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 so that part that that Cain part again one of the things that brought me to to Christ was the Jordan Peterson work and he has this great um, lecture on Cain and Abel. And he psychologizes the story. He's like, yeah, they're the first two human brother and sister. But I'm sorry, two human brothers. But it's really from his perspective, from this sort of Jungian perspective, it's a, um, it's the story of what's happening inside of us. Like we, like Abel was living a life that was pleasing to God. So he's this ideal life that he was living, and he was flourishing. And Cain wasn't. 
Cain, for, it's not exactly clear why, but he was sinner, is a sinner or he wasn't living a life that was blessed by the Lord. And so he got angry and wanted to destroy his brother. So he killed his ideal. And we have that inside of us. I feel that inside of me. I have this ideal of who I want to be. I have this ideal of, gosh, I want to live this amazing life. I want to be this amazing Christian and this beacon of light and hope of Christ through through me to the world, this 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 channel for, for God's love. I mean, that's what I want to do with my life. And that's that's real. That's a that's a real thing. But on the other side, there's this part of me that's the Cain part of me inside. It's like, come on, man. Like, really? Yeah. Let's 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 just. I mean, you know, the porn's just one click away, man. You know what I mean? Like, th- yeah. those girls are hanging out, or you know, whatever. Like, whatever it is, the drugs, the alcohol, the money, the what hell, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever I can replace. It's like, come on, you know. And um, the other thing that comes to mind is this amazing movie. I think everybody should watch this movie. Um, Terrence Malick's latest movie called The Hidden Life. But the story, the true story, I told you about this story. I told you about this movie um, about the, a true story of somebody who I, th- I think is in the process of canonization. But he was a Catholic farmer in Austria in the middle of... Um, the Nazi takeover. It's a beautiful movie. And what it's about, it's not a, not a sort of happy movie. It's a real story. And what happens is, is the, the Nazis come in and they take over the land. It's called the Anschluss when, 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 Germany, when Germany took over Austria, like reunited, because Hitler was Austrian. And they were sweeping through all of Austria and they came to this little, this little village in, in Salzburg. And... They said, "Okay, well, if you're part of you have if you're Austrian, you have to now sign on to the Nazi project, and you're going to sign up for the army, and you're going to say that you are a supporter of Hitler." And this guy says, "No, I, I can't. I'm a Catholic. I can't. We're, what this guy's doing is crazy. It's insane, and I don't want. I can't be a part of it. My conscience won't let me. And it's causing a lot of problems in his family. It's, his family's with him, but it's, I don't. I'm not going to give the whole movie. But like, it's a big problem. And one of the arguments that people are making to him to get him to do this, like people in his village, they're like, "Look, man, we're this little village in the middle of nowhere. Nobody, gonna, nobody's going to know what you do. What's the difference? Just sign on the line. Who cares? You're not on TV." You're not you're not auditioning for anything, isn't that the right? Like, why be moral? Like, what's the like? Every it's just makes you, it's, it makes your life so much harder. Right. Why not just sign? They're gonna put you in jail. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna, you know. And, and for as, m- as men, that's and and obviously I would imagine for ladies as well. But for men, that's how temptation gets exactly to us. exactly. So Go. for me, that's so I have this battle, this Cain and Abel battle happening, and it's pitched now this last week hasn't been this this like joyous week it's been this hey you know let's the devil's been like come on taking a stand mm-hmm. and saying if you do this it's going to make any sin that you do later much more pain much more costly so why sign up why do it you know step away you can you still there's still a chance for you <laughs> there's still a chance for us we can we can still do it we go back to bangkok it's like it can happen for us right <laughs> it can still we can do it's still party time man let's do it right you're like so that's honestly what's that's where i'm at i mean you know so i'm like a real talk here on the men for life podcast sorry people if you're expecting a story <laughs> of some beatific vision we're not there yet <laughs> you know i think 
I would imagine for I would imagine all men, but almost all men can completely relate to this, Andrew. Uh, completely relate because that that's truly where it is for us. And you know, whenever we read the Gospels, it's always positioning this where Christ is the you know the bridegroom, and right. we're the bride right. uh, as His church and. And is that's exactly what the devil's doing to us. The devil's coming along constantly, tapping us on the shoulder and be like, yo, this relationship over here, I am the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm so much more fun. Yes, than him. It's so great standing out the, the Planned Parenthood. They spit at you. Yeah. They don't like you. Nobody's saying, yeah, right. just go along to get along. Yeah. Come on, we'll this guy's not going. offering pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Forget about that long-lasting right. happiness right. thing. You need immediate gratification yeah, and pleasure. Exactly. So, and But I want to just say... The devil, you will not win. Like I, I will be bap- God willing, I will be baptized, and I will, I will cross, I will cross that line, and it will happen. And I said to Pete, if I pass out, just make sure, even if they have to defibrillate me, like make sure that <laughs> Father Gill throws that water on me. Like make sure I get the in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit before you call nine one one or whatever you gotta do. Just make sure that this baptism pulled if you have to drag me across the line. Make sure that I get across that line. <laughs> I wish we were on video for this one because uh, this is a fun one. I already promised Andrew. I said, well, I'm going to be holding you if I have to, and we will either be doing anointing of the sick or baptizing you, but either way. <laughs> either way, man. That's why I'm not, I'm not counting my chickens, but I'm I'm going. I'm I'm there because I know the lie. I know that the father of lies is, is only selling lies at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And as weak as I am and as... Um, as difficult as it is to walk away, I know the emptiness and the misery of life in the world. Nothing makes any sense without like the church and without Christ and without God. And the world it makes it just you just look look around you, people, young men, look around you. Look at this world. Go on social media. Go on TikTok, and what you'll see is a bunch of confused people. They have no understanding. There's no. They have no anthropology of the human. They have no. Therefore, they have no philosophy on how to live correctly. The Catholic Church. I've. I've tried. I've looked through everything, and the Catholic Church has had the most in, incredibly wise, incredibly brilliant people for two thousand years create the most. You know, from the from the from the and obviously the the Holy Spirit and Christ create a way of living that is sane, deeply sane, because it's 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 connected to a power of love that is God, and that's the only it's the, it's the only way that you can build a life. It's the only way that you can build a philosophy of a life worth living. Mm-hmm. I've tried it every other way. There is no other way. We're just monkeys on rocks. We're just meat puppets or, or meat Legos or whatever. It's like, whatever. We're just, you know, oh, I'm a monkey today and I'm a, you know, I'm a, what do you like to say, Pete? I'm a, I'm a toaster I'm tomorrow. A toaster tomorrow. I... You want to marry your canary? Go marry your canary. <laughs> whatever. That's coming soon. Right, whatever. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. There's no sanity to any of it. So I've tried it. If, it were, if I could have made it work, I would have made it work. I've had decades to try. So I'm I've done the experimentation and I'm ready to go but the the, the devil is uh he's going to have his due he's going to try he's going to he's you know he's singing loudly It's actually interesting that you're experiencing that because I think that um if someone wasn't going as deep as you are they might not 
they might not be feeling that type of attack. It's only when we actually press ourselves and go deeper mm. that where I was talking to um, to our oldest son, um, Pete, uh, Petey, and he, we call him Petey, and he had been to confession this week, and the priest had said to him, uh, I think we might have discussed this already, but he had said to him, you're either um, turned towards God and you're, and you're walking towards him or running, you know, sprinting towards him or whatever, jogging towards him, crawling to him, or you actually have your back turned and you're walking away. You're never actually standing still. Mm. Now, God doesn't move on us, but and I think that because you, Andrew, have literally been been like jogging and sprinting towards this for the last you know two three years uh, I, I i truly believe that that's why you're under more yeah. attack right now i mean spiritual warfare is real it exists absolutely 100 percent. if you don't believe that just stand outside a planned parenthood on a saturday just stand outside look at the anger you just feel what happens in that but you can feel it mm-hmm. if you're at all sensitive to anything in your you can feel it it's obvious and then see the anger that comes around you see the you know the, the, the it's it's obvious that we see it in our world i mean yeah, look even, even, even De- i mean just there. recently you know a week two weeks ago denzel washington had to bring that up regarding the entire will smith chris rock thing what was i don't I mean, well yeah. after will smith goes up and smacks chris Chris Rock in the face, which, by the way, um, that was not a manly move. <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> um, but after he does that, um, Denzel Washington basically said that when you get to the top of whatever you're doing, expect the devil to come after you. And here he was trying to coach him along spiritually. Now, whether, you know, Will Smith or, you know, Jada mm. are, are receptive of that, I don't know where they are spiritually, you know, in their right. lives. Sure. Um, but but at least Denzel has that. It's within him. So he was trying to mm. um, to share that, you know, that wisdom and knowledge with, with Will Smith. So um, I didn't watch it, but they said he got up and, you know, apologized and cried a little bit after. Whether it was real or not real doesn't make a difference. The point is, is that Denzel Washington definitely said, and it's true. Um, so here you are in a place where the devil will come after you. So I want to ask you about this upcoming week. And I, I shared with with you something personal from uh, from our life. Uh, Trisha and I have been married now 18 years, and a, a year, um, about a year and a half, yeah, it was a year and a half after we were married, we were out in Arizona. I got relocated out there for work, which was awesome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix was... No winter. <laughs> no, no. No daylight savings time either, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So sunny and nice every day, every yeah. day. And uh, colors like we've never seen here in the Northeast, different, but really, really beautiful. Yeah, bright, like the reds and yeah, all from the, the browns and the reds and yeah. the stone. Ah, oh, it's really beautiful. Cactus, cacti, you know, like it was really something. So I would, uh, I'd highly recommend. I love that. I love getting a chance to travel and just see things. So when we were out there, though, it was our first time, and here Trish and I are both cradle Catholics, and it was our first time actually, actually attending all four mass, all four um, services uh, during Holy Week, which would be Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil on Saturday, and then on Sunday as well um, for for Easter Mass. And it's kind of a shame that we didn't have that experience where we had done 
all four of these during Holy Week and really made Holy Week what it was supposed to be. But here, Trisha was just talking about that a couple mornings ago and said, Pete, do you remember Arizona? Do you remember what that was like? And it, for, for our listeners, I mean, if you can imagine, it's, you know, warm out there. So the doors of the church are open. Mm. You know, you might have like, you know, whatever, ladies open toe, you know, heels on or guys might wear even like some, you know, mm. sandals with like nice dress pants and like, a, you know, like a golf shirt or something like that. And it was just... Ah, it's just beautiful and it's so rememberable. But, um, and you know, we can talk a little bit more about that. But I wanted to know with you going into that this week, is there anything that you have going on in your mind or, or like what's going on with you right now inside? I know, um, just you know, coming up to these, like, do you, what's your understanding of it, even Andrew, of, of each of the different services? I, well, this, the, I have to say that I'm, I'm so sort of focused on this this kind of spiritual battle internally that I'm not really my head's not in the game this week in terms of the different I know that, I mean I have them listed down the services that we're doing you know for for Good Friday and then for for Easter Saturday or for the for the anticipated of, of Easter Sunday which is Saturday night which is when I'll get baptized but my head's not I'm just not in that game I'm trying to reinforce just the basics of the of the sort of reasoning for and the sort of the reasoning of the mind and also the conviction of the heart for why I'm doing this as the sort of my as my side of the combat um and I'm not sure that that's that's probably not the right way to go about it because ultimately when I go to mass and I try to go every day if I can and I don't always get there but whenever I go there's such a magic, magical transformation that happens that the Holy Spirit really enters. And so I should be focused more on the upcoming, let's say, ceremonies for this week. But I'm just not, Pete. I'm just, um, I've just been, actually, I was listening, I was listening to some talks online from the Thomistic Institute, which was great. I was listening to some talks by the Franciscan Friars, the Poco a Poco podcast, which uh, Julie from Scranton sent to me, which was wonderful. Um, a great pro- uh, philosophy professor who's a Catholic uh, by di- by the name of Jennifer Frey. I highly recommend everybody um, check her out. Um, she's a, pro- a philosophy professor, Catholic philosophy professor in at US- USC in South Carolina. And so I've just been listening and trying to remind myself what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Um, just to just to sort of reaffirm that these doubts that I'm having, as natural as they are through the through the you know, these let's say demonic attacks, are they must fail. You know, I can't I can't bail out. I, like it's not you know what I mean. It's, so I'm just I'm doing what I can still to to sort of um, to steal my nerve. Yeah. If you, I think that sounds kind of weak, but (laughs) no, you know what? I think it's understandable and relatable, to be honest, because as you're speaking and you're describing it, and I can hear the genuineness Mm. of it's like, hey, just show up. Basically, what we're saying is, hey, just just show up, just show up, just keep one one foot in front of the other. What that reminds me of in in my life, the last time that I had something this powerful happen, was the last time that I received a sacrament. Right. And the last time that I received the sacrament was the sacrament of matrimony. Mm. 
so maybe it's something mystical about this because mm. you're about to not only become Catholic, but you're about to receive the sacraments. Right, right. And I think a lot of men can relate to that is we have, I think that's what the stalling is all about too. So Andrew, by the way, is, oh, we mentioned this. He's a single uh, man and I am a married man. And uh, I had mentioned that, that he's uh, he's quasi-available ladies. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I had said, um, but as far as the, the sacrament of marriage, I think that most men stall these days. It's like we do everything we have to to not actually fully commit. You know, we'll move in together. Amen. But I'm yeah. not actually giving you a ring and asking you to marry not me. Not we do that. I did that. Yeah. yeah. I lived with a woman for eight years in a non, non-marital relationship. Mm-hmm. I was married and divorced um, already when I was in my 30s. And so, um, and after that, I, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. So I, I know exactly what, what that's all about. And how broken it is, and uh, so yeah, there's um, the commitment required to do something as serious as become a Catholic and join the Catholic Church is something that in my in my adult life I've been when I was in the world I was opting for optionality, which is a way of saying you're opting for death. Mm-hmm. really is what you're doing because what you're saying is i want to keep my options open yeah if i don't that's that's what i had this false view of freedom so i thought i was being free by committing to as little as possible and then allowing myself to therefore be open to as many things as possible and that's it's as i say it it sounds so profoundly stupid because it is but at the time that was my that was my theory it's I was just like, why commit? Like, why would I? It's a marriage is a bad deal. Like, you know, well, why do it? It's, it's. I just saw it as a contract, and I'm like, it's a terrible contract. Right. It's not a sacrament. It's not sacred. It's just this deal that if we ever have kids, or she's gonna get half my money, or I just. It's like it's a. I was I was living abroad, and I was like, I don't need another government in my life. You know. So I just was. So anyway, but the point is, is yeah, I think maybe. This is the first thing in my adult life of late, and, and this is a, a shame, shameful thing to say and, and a super um, humbling thing to say, but the first thing that I've really committed to fully, 100%, where it's I'm all in um, when I get baptized as a Christian into the Catholic Church. You know, that's the, it's like a, that's the new, it's, the, it's, uh, it's true freedom. Because what it means is that to be truly free is to be, um, is to do good. You're free to, to, to live a virtuous life. That's what it means to be free. I, was, I had a mistaken sort of modern view of freedom, which is optionality. I'll do whatever I want, and therefore I'm free. And if you think that that's freedom, go look on YouTube for Kensington. Look up Kensington, Philadelphia. It's it's and truly that, fake, right. fake that's freedom. That's fake freedom. It's right. like a it's like a trap. It's right. a death exactly. trap. Right. That's where that that quote unquote freedom ends. Mm-hmm. It's slavery. As um Before Sean, I got married, by the way, uh the movie Old School came out. So if you've never seen I've never Old seen School, that movie. uh so funny. Um Vince Vaughn, uh Will Ferrell, oh, I like all, all those guys. Yeah. And um and there's a the opening scene. They're on the altar because he's getting married, and one of them is like nudging him, elbowing him, and it's like, "Hey, way to work this one through. Good job, buddy. You're gonna have one woman for the rest of your life," you know. And and as you're speaking, Andrew, that's exactly what you're describing. Is is it's that 
that non-committal mentality and and then the attack on those who committed in the past. You know, we have this very traditional society that existed all the way up through the 1950s. My parents are a part of that society. Mine too. You know? yeah. My parents are still married. Yeah. God bless them. How many years? 52, something like that. God bless them. Yeah, exactly. God bless them. My mom and dad just celebrated 60 years, and we're learning something from them. This whole new you know, culture, like you're saying, of optionality or this like fake freedom. That's the culture this, of death. Yeah. This apparent good versus real good, you know, actual mm. true goodness. It's like, but they weren't afraid to commit. I mean, heck, they were getting married back when they were 18 years old, right out of high school right. and having a family and right. buying a home and getting a job and actually staying there for 30 or 40 years and, right. <laughs> you know, and retiring from that company. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think, Andrew, like you just said, you making this commitment here is is the first, but you won't be let down. And I have a great friend, Shannon Donnelly. She's amazing. She's a campus minister over at Nazareth, one of our local high schools. And she's um, she's really something. But she sent this out the other day, and it says, um, it's from Ellie Bowman. The most important lesson you can learn is that a healthy love does not hurt. It heals. Hmm. A healthy love Amen. does not hurt, it heals. Amen. And that's why you can go into this, Andrew, and you don't have to have any fear because Jesus right. and God's love is, is pure love. It's agape. Amen. It's unconditional. Amen. <laughs> and you know, that's what was something that this Dr. Frey uh, was talking about. She was, she was a philosopher her whole life, and she decided that one of the things that Catholicism had that no other religion had and no other form of thought had, even sort of like pagan, like sort of Greek and Greco-Roman thought, which is what she was studying at the time, was this idea of sin and redemption. That we're, we're the reason why we don't live virtuous lives is because we're deeply, deeply sin. We're sin, our sinful nature. That's why that we don't live good lives is, and that's why I didn't live a good life. Was a deep s core of sin in mm -hmm. my life, and I need forgiveness and redemption for the evil that I've done in my life and what I, and the, and the pain that I've caused by using others. And so, um, that's what that to me, that's like the unique feature of the Christian, of the Christian life. And we're men. So a lot of us have that alpha male, you know, <laughs> in us deep, right. It's just rooted in us. And, uh, you know, you know, but, but even though we're men, we still have hearts. We still yeah. hurt. We still have feelings. Amen. We hurt others. We feel hurt ourselves. We're not immune to this. And yeah. we're not always as inclined to discuss it or talk about it or show our feelings. Yeah. But I have a buddy of mine who's a who's an artist, Mikey G. Art, by the way. You can find him, I think, on uh, social media. And uh, he's awesome. And I told him, I, I want you to paint me a picture of like a heart that's like dead and like gray, you know, and like mm. black. And then that it slowly just starts turning in a little more red, a little more, you know, and where it becomes mm. a fully healed heart. So that this way, it's almost like my journey where God came in there and reached down into the deepest hurts in my heart. And he just, just, amen, yeah, just healed all of them. And, and then Andrew, as he heals them, what you're going to find is that is that as a Catholic, you then can go and heal wounds in others. It's almost like a gift. It's a grace that he gives us. Mm. And then you can go and heal others because he's restored yours. Amen. That's uh, that's that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We got we uh, we do have to end. We have the next. Uh, we're in a studio, and there's uh, somebody else coming in. 
So, uh, Pete, I don't know if you want to um, I wanna end wrap, this in prayer. Yeah, I want to wrap up with something. Sure, because please. One of the things that I recognize that's about to happen to you, and um, it, which to me is the best part about being Catholic, John 653. Mm. And Jesus says in John 653, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And when, we, th- when I got to John 6, when I was reading the Gospels, that's truly what made me Catholic. I mean, I was open to any, any truth at that point. And then I wanted to know which Christianity teaches this, that when we receive the Eucharist and we receive and drink the, eat the bread and drink the wine, who teaches this, that we're actually eating the flesh of the Son of Man? and actually drinking his blood, as he told us we have to do, or we will not have life in you. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Whoa. Amen. And I wanted to know who taught that. It was the Catholic Church. It's the only Christian church left 2,000 years later that still teaches the consecration during the liturgy and the actual transubstantiation. So Mm. when we get to John 6.66... Just a few verses later, it says some of the disciples turned their backs and walked away because mm. this teaching was too difficult for them. Right. And Andrew, as you come right. into this, this week, I'm, I'm, I'm like pulling back. I'm like, Ugh. you're not. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. No, I'm good at. You aren't, and no. I know. I know you're not, and you are moving forward, and it's. Amen, brother. Yeah, amazing. Amen, I say to you. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and Peter, again, I thank you for your your help along this way, man. You're a huge inspiration to me. Uh, you're a man of honor and dignity and and, uh, and a great inspiration. Thanks, buddy. So, you know, I'm just trying to be a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, and <laughs> Galatians 2.20, people. Let's yeah. wrap up in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. <clears throat> God, our Father, thank you again so much uh, for the gift of allowing Andrew and I uh, to connect as brothers. And I, again, would just ask that you would watch over uh, him and any other uh, catechumens that are uh, choosing to enter into our Catholic faith this coming week. And I would ask uh, you to remind all of us deep within us um, to do what Father Gill had suggested during Mass this evening, um, where we try and reconcile and uh, we try and repent, and we try to make some sort of penance and sacrifice um, to give something back, because this relationship with you, God, is a two-way relationship, and you are always there and always giving to us, and I would ask that you would strengthen all of us so that we can give back to you as well, and um, always, um, uh, in your Son, Jesus' name, Our Lady of Fatima. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you, everybody. God bless.